Welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. The Dell Technologies is in the books, and we have the makings of a champion on our hands, Matt. We do. Bryson, he's going to come up in news. We're going to talk about the captain's picks that came out today. We're going to recap the Dell Technologies Championships that Bryson just won, and we're going to preview the BMW Championships, in which Bryson holds the number one spot in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Sounds good. Let's get into it. So, Matt, Bryson DeChambeau, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but um, I mean, what an impressive performance out of the young man. Uh, we, we talked about it a bunch uh, this year on the pod, just how, uh, you know, how much progress he's made as a player on tour, uh, I think as a, as a player managing, um, you know, managing being in the spotlight a, l- a little bit more, something he struggled with. Um, but what were your thoughts just sort of off the bat here uh, with his performance, you know, this week and, and last as well? A star is born. I mean, to win two straight FedEx Cup playoff events is no joke. Um, it hasn't been done, I think, since Vijay Singh did it yeah. like 11 years ago. Uh, and we often talk of just the depth of the field now versus, you know, 2007 or, you know, Tiger's heyday or, you know, when, you know, Tiger came off his perch, it was someone like David Duval. You did not just have the stable of people that you have now with, you know, Kepka, DJ, Thomas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Bryson just doing stuff that, you know, we haven't seen in a long, long time and certainly in an unconventional way, but stripped that part away. And he's played extremely good golf all year long. And he's finally putting W's behind the success and three wins this year, uh, three pretty big wins, you know, two playoff events and the Memorial, obviously. And as we talk about, you know, his second at the Arnold Palmer. So yeah, has competed. um at an extremely high level when the lights are really on, which, and when we get into news here in a second, you know, as part of his Ryder Cup team, it's official now he's going to join. Uh, I think before, you know, the thought was he's either going to sneak on or going to have to be included as a captain's pick because he's done a good enough job, but I'm not sure what we're going to get out of him. Right. I'm extremely confident now, uh, based on the little heater he's on here, he's going to go, you know, steal a point for us, uh, which could be the difference. It's true. I mean, we, we talked about this uh, when he when he won the the memorial, and I think you know the, the question was back then. You know, <laughs> was obviously he's a talented player. He was a very very talented junior player, collegiate player, um, and then you know when he came on tour, he had this sort of aura around him of of maybe being the next hot thing, and I think it was overshadowed a bit by his sort of off the course antics, right? The the, the golf scientist and reinventing the game with his single length irons. We'll get into that in a little bit, but. Um, no, but, but I think, but I think, I think a lot of that sort of overshadowed, like how good of a player and competitor he was. I mean, he had won at at the highest levels at every stage in his career. It's, it shouldn't be a surprise to the fans out there to see him doing it, um, here on the PGA tour. What, what is a little bit interesting to your point about, you know, the last time this happened was with VJ, just how hard it is to win these events. And we, we talk about it when we, you know, we try to rank these things here that, you know, late in the season, it's very hard because the fields are so good the competition is as good as it gets. Now, next to a major, the playoffs are it. So for him to win back-to-back uh, is incredibly impressive and um, obviously well-deserving of, of the, the captain's pick. And I think uh, a harbinger of good things to come uh, for Bryson here as he's uh, you know <laughs> breaking through here at the highest levels. Yeah, so let's keep going with this. So the news here, obviously, we're going to focus on the captain's picks, which were made earlier today uh, by Jim Furyk to uh, no real surprise. Uh, maybe the surprise is that it was these three announced today as opposed to uh, you know two of them today and, and one next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil, Tiger, and Bryson are all going. Uh, Tony Finau's coronation waits a week. Um, 
a couple. So there were there was some thinking that maybe, and I I shared this with a couple people, and, and seemingly I thought this was my own unique idea, isn't it always? But actually, kind of a commonly shared idea that maybe for the sake of you know easing pressure on Finau and on Bryce, and not like Bryson feels any pressure at this point, he's going to be number one going into East Lake, regardless of what he does this week. But just to be nice to Finau, Fiora could go, all right, I'm putting you on now, and he'd give a courtesy phone call to Tiger or to Phil and, and be like, all right, I'm going to put you on next week, but like you're on. Um, that didn't happen. I was so, you know, the kind of the, the Game of Thrones intrigue that we've talked about was happening. You know, reading some articles like on Golf Digest, the, the ordinarily very bright, particularly today, very dumb Shane Ryan, you know, <laughs> writing basically that Phil doesn't deserve to go despite, you know, two top 15s in these playoff events and being ninth in the standings and 10th on points earned and, you know, as many top 10s as Bubba and Brooks Kepka and a WGC win. Just all, the, like, it was the dumbest article ever. But, like, you could begin to see that the fan, the, the flames were being fanned here and, and there might be a rationale to, let's kind of draw this out in a different way. Uh, so, Furek, I actually was personally surprised when he just said, you know, here we go, here's Phil Tiger and Bryson, kind of the three obvious guys, and, and like we said, leaving Finau to to wait for a week. Um, it was an interesting way to do it. I'm not sure I would have done it this way, but I suppose the fact that we're arguing about the delivery versus the actual roster is kind of a blessing in that, you know, the, the, the European team has all sorts of questions. Like who do you pick? Is it experience? Is it who's playing well? Like, like what do you do here? They have a bunch of difficult choices to make. The United States team seems just absolutely cut and dry. Who's going to make it. And today was just the drama was which three do they announce and how do they go about delivering the message? And we got that today. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of it is like removing some of the distraction there, right? I mean, I mean, we knew that Tiger was going to get this pick. I think we we obviously knew that Bryson had played himself in. I mean, if anyone was on the bubble, it was Bryson. We talked about it three weeks ago, um, you know, what he had to do. And he certainly did that. And then Phil... Um, of course. I mean, I think, look, if you're going to give captains picks, you have to understand that they're not all about finding the next best player. Phil is a, he brings an intangible to the, you know, to the locker room. And I think that that is something that you, you can't ignore. Um, you know, and as you said, he, he's played well this year. He deserves a spot on the team. So, but that's what bothers me though. Like Phil is the next best player. Like the intangibles are yeah. certainly a benefit, but you know, okay, like he got off to a really hard start and had a, a mini lull sort of in April, May, June and stuff. Uh, six top 10, the WGC win. He's He was 10th in the automatic qualifying points. He's now 9th in the FedEx Cup points. I mean, he is by any measure on merit valid of inclusion. So intangibles are great when you hear things like, oh, Phil, Phil's just there because like, you know, he's made all the other teams. Won't it be fun to have him around? Like, uh, yeah, that that is true. But he's also going to add value to the team and right, no is question. playing well at the moment, um, depending on how much you want to narrow down your scope and sample size. He's playing better than, you know, two thirds of the team. Ricky's not playing. Jordan Spieth isn't doing anything. Tiger, you know, is showing signs of fatigue. Like Phil clearly belongs on the roster. Uh, Webb Simpson was eight over this weekend. Like this, uh, this notion that Phil's only there as a charity case because he's like, you know, Uncle <laughs> Phil is so tired and lazy, and just to see it on Golf Die just bothered me. Clickbait, baby. Rant. Sorry. Clickbait. I mean, we don't typically out people, but it had to happen. Uh, other news. Patrick Reed went to <laughs> Fenway Park. He did um, indeed. This ordinarily would not be news because 36,000 people go to Fenway Park per night, but Patrick Reed wasn't happy about his seats that no, the PGA Tour gave him. Um, he complained that he had to spend 650 hard-earned dollars probably down there in the coal mine you know earning that money um so that he could get upgraded 
to sit with the rest of his PGA Tour plebe brethren. Um, he didn't like that he was in a line drive area. So he took, even though there's a net all around the infield at Fenway Park, um, he so he took to Instagram to complain it's, about this. And, and we're going to talk a couple times, <laughs> not deliberately, but just because it just came up about social media. Um, we've talked about it in the past, like with Smiley, whatever. Right. I was on our account within like a minute of this getting posted. <laughs> and I saw this picture and... I was I process I just read the description I was like is he pissed so I just kind of I just kind of like liked it because I was like all right cool like you're at Fenway Park and like you know cool well, welcome to our our town and you know you get to watch the best team in baseball whatever and then the next day it kind of dawns on me that like the internet is ripping apart Patrick Reed such that he closes closes the comments and we've talked about Patrick Reed in the past this guy just cannot seem to get out of his own way. Uh, and this is just a t- like un- the unforced errors of you know how you conduct yourself and carry yourself. I just don't know what demographic is going to read a guy who's won like three and a half million dollars this year. Say and this is not some like populist garbage here, but like oh lo- woe is me, my free tickets weren't good enough. I'm gonna go on Instagram and like shame the PGA Tour, the vehicle through which I make all of my money. <laughs> Uh, and complain. No. It was just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is why people don't like you. This is why you're on Hard Patrol. I like him, Patrick America, pa- Captain America. You know, we're getting into Ryder Cup time, etc. But like, there's just, I don't think there's anyone alive who would look at Patrick Reed and be like, yeah, bro, you handled that well. He's on $23 million in his career on the course. Look, I mean, to your point about being like being, driving his Lambo on Faraday, yeah, like being, loves to flash yeah, it, being tone deaf about this, like. I don't know. There's a million ways to handle that. Like one, the smart way is just buy the fucking seats if you don't like them and sit there and then send the tweet out and be like, awesome. So glad to be here. It's the playoffs, you know, <laughs> go Red Sox, like do do anything other than what you did. And I, I think this is part of the problem with Patrick Reed in that he doesn't have a team. Like he doesn't have a group of people that are helping sort of coach him off the golf course. He's Patrick Reed. He just does what he does. And sometimes that works for him. Um, you know, he shushes the crowd and it, it riles people up and sometimes it hurts him. You know, he, he doesn't have, you know, <laughs> someone to tell him that perhaps it's a bad idea in Boston, Massachusetts to call out uh, your free seats at the Red Sox game, which, by the way, to your point, are like an aspirational thing for all the people up here, like to go see the Sox. They're hard tickets to get these days. Uh, and <laughs> it just it I don't know, it just it just rings super hollow uh, for a guy like him who tries to kind of be the the people's champion to a certain extent. He's going to try to do that uh, on the Ryder Cup team and has sort of played that role in his career. And so, I, I, I don't know. It just it, To me, it felt super unforced. I also don't know necessarily... I mean, I, I saw the, the post and I read it and I, I'm not sure if he meant it to be super confrontational. I don't think he was trying to be a dick. Like, like we said about Poulter. Poulter is the greatest villain because he, he recognizes the role. He knows... He's the villain. He's choosing to play the foil. He wants to be that guy. And I think Reed doesn't get it. Like Bubba Watson doesn't get it. Um, they, they don't understand why people don't like them uh, because to them, they're just being themselves. And I think Reed's just trying to be himself. And this time, it, <laughs> you know, it bit him a little bit. But my, well, my, there's no there's no like people's champ involved in being like, hey, the free seats I got. Well, suck, that's no, no. I'm going to bitch about the spend. It just like but he's trying to play the role of like the people's champ. Right. I'm the underdog. I've never been liked. I was never the favorite. I'm the come from behind Rudy character. I think he believes that he plays that role. And he's and he is that to a certain extent. If you look at his career and you do look at that, he has gotten the short end of the stick for, for a large portion of his career. 
And the reason why people like him is that he has sort of been, despite all that, able to rise above and win golf tournaments and, and to represent his country and to do all that, this awesome stuff that he's done. So to un, undo all that or to, <laughs> to, to try to undo all that by making stupid statements to the press and, and um, dumbass tweets and Instagram posts, I mean, I think, I think that that is something that he's going to have to, to your point, unforced errors. He's going to have to work on that a lot to become the type of person, I think, off the golf course that he clearly is on the golf course. Yeah, it was just weird. It was uh, when you see these unforced errors, it's it just makes you wonder like what's I going through totally people's agree. head. So okay, uh, oh my oh no, oh my oh no is going to come out in the news segment for the first time ever uh, because it's not related to the Dell Technologies. It happened on the Senior Tour or the Champions Tour. Uh, Joe Durant, uh, Joe is tied for the lead on the 17th hole on Sunday. He's got a look at Bird. Leaves about a foot, foot and a half short. Uh, goes to tap it in. You know, careful not to step in his playing partner's line. And oh my oh no, he lips out his 18-inch gimme, so he bogeys uh, the 71st hole. He drops a shot back of Scott McCarron. They both birdie 18. So McCarron gets the win, and Joe Durant uh, gets second and gets to rue, rue the miss of, a, miss of a gimme. I mean, we've talked about this. We <laughs> talked about this with Spieth last week. This wasn't that where he was just very lackadaisically like brooming it in. He was just, he kind of had this awkward stance over the ball. And, you know, given the circumstance, maybe there's an argument to like mark your ball at that point so you can stand and actually hit the thing. But again, your typical weekend player just scoops it and, and gets out of there. And you so, know, but here you go. I mean, you, you lose an event. And, and like we've talked about in the Champions Store, they actually pay these guys decent money to, to, to win these things and try, trying to grow it. And it's just, uh, it made its way around the internet. A lot of people saw it. And we feel bad for you, Joe Durant. Oh, my. Oh, no. Indeed. Uh, so there was a playing lessons with the pros segment with Wes Bryan. I forget if it's called playing lessons with the pros anymore, but it was, you know, the golf channel, they had the guy out for, you know, five holes and he goes and plays and tells you you know a little bit about how he plays the game and Wes Bryan did this thing that I didn't understand um I'd never seen this before but he was chipping from the side of the green he chipped like a foot right and he said look you know you don't want to you don't want to leave um you don't want to slow your opponent slow the game down right you want to leave your glove on and just tap it in right and I think what he meant was you know you don't want to overthink the one footer you just get up bang it in there no problem but I was like wait a minute like your tour pro, <laughs> that one foot putt is the same as, you know, a 330 yard drive. Don't you want to like mark it, line it up, just be dead serious about it. And I think you make so many of those at that level. It's just, it's just not a thing that you ever conceive of missing that maybe you just, <laughs> you don't think about it and you miss it. You step up there, you bang it, you, you power lip it. Uh, and this one, you know, cost him, cost him the tournament. So I, ugh, it, it's terrible to see, but, um, it does happen. It does happen. It gives you hope. As an amateur player, you know, even <laughs> even the best guys in the world uh, miss those. Yeah, shows. there's a little something about uh, not it's like overplay is like populism card here, but like there's something about seeing Spieth do it, and you're like, eh, it's you know, oh, Spieth did it, and Spieth is Spieth, and he's the former world number one, he's the golden boy, and it's kind of like refreshing to see that. Like Joe Durant walked in here and punched me in the nose, I wouldn't know who he was, right? <laughs> and so when you see like this guy, you know who there, he was. I wouldn't like on like what his face looks like. If a cop was like draw sketch Joe Durant for me, he committed a, a <laughs> heinous crime in your neighborhood. I'd be like, I don't know. I have some assumptions, but I, I don't know what he looks like. Um, and so, you know, you, it's tough to see a guy out there who's, you know, hashtag grinding, uh, living his, you know, doing his best on the, on the, on this champions tour. So 
oh my oh no joe durant uh we're we're sorry for the second place uh though having said that pretty sure he picked up six figures so don't feel too too bad fair enough okay uh dell technologies recap uh our home event um, that's right home course i was not here Ish. i was at the minnesota state fair counting the number of rascal scooters and <laughs> pun you know wine time wine o'clock uh the senorita needs a margarita t-shirts yeah. that I, I actually was like keeping track of them That's in my American, notes, notes app for a while and then i was like distracting from the overall experience uh anyway good people a lot <laughs> like of any fun. good journalist so would do i saw i saw less than the normal amount of golf this week so feel free to chime in as often as you like but friday and saturday i did see plenty of that uh the cut was three over uh ian poulter zach johnson kevin nod johnny vegas and Jason Day all missed the cut. Uh, Jason Day, I expect a little bit more out of him out of these playoffs in general. Um, this event, you know, did not spike one way or the other, but plus seven, uh, pretty bad showing out of him. Yeah, not um, good. DFL Duff Daddy and Ryan Palmer DFL at plus nine. Uh, Duff is done. Uh, Ryan Palmer fights on. Uh, Scott Piercy DQ'd for an incorrect scorecard. Um, I. I thought that in 2018, we would just have more clarity on these DQs. I just feel like yeah. when the PGA Tour lists someone as being disqualified, there would be like a sentence that explains like what happened. And there are 50,000 people there. There's all these, you know, everyone's got Twitter, everyone, whatever. Uh, Scott Piercy, we just kind of have no idea other than it was incorrect. So the assumption here is that he just didn't care because he missed the cut and he's already qualified for next week and he's bailed. Um, he yeah. turned in the scorecard. We do know that. So um, who's to say? He's so close inside the top 70. I think he's like 68th that you would think there'd be a little more care involved. Uh, but what are you going to do? Scott Piercy disqualified. Billy Horschel withdrew. He went out in 41. He claimed that he had a sinus infection. He played really well in New York last week. Sinus infection this week. Uh, and has played this course well in the past. So I think this surprised a lot of people. Someone on Twitter went to him, basically said, like, you are a quitter and you're a joke. And uh, he took the bait, as he is known <laughs> to do, uh, and kind of went back and forth. So standard Billy Ho stuff here. Um, but so he's he's pretty safely in the, you know, going to East Lake. So he said he didn't he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to walk around. It was hot. You for know. a second, like, if you, all right, listen, we've, we've all been sick before. We've all, you know, had to battle through stuff. If you're that sick. Don't, don't don't play. play right like I don't I don't get like why you think you can write it off as a sinus infection and not expect blowback on social media or anywhere else like you're Billy Horschel I mean <laughs> you you're on the Hardo Patrol you're like, on the, you are, for a reason yeah and and so the idea that somehow you're gonna get away with that like is is it's just it's well, grasping the, the at Hardo, straws the Hardo it's, Patrol is kind of a crew of of people who basically say how dare you. Yeah. To anyone who questions yeah. anything they do, I am. How, how I am dare, a professional how golfer. How dare you question that I'm unhappy with my seats at Fenway Park? How dare you yeah. question why I withdrew? My life is very difficult. Right. It's it's September. I, like the, yeah. there are not. It, it's September in New England. This is not March or February. I had a sinus infection. Yeah. Where, Have like, you ever ev- had where a sinus infection? Yeah. Where everyone's got the it's flu. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> This is why people think golfers are fucking pussies. Like it's it's just that I don't know. Well, and they do suck. Like I I I am prone to them, and they are awful. I've had them before too. But They're like, brutal. I but don't go to work and then spill coffee all Tiger over my Woods keyboard and then be US like, Open. oh, I quit, and now I'm out of here. Tiger won a U.S. Open on a broken leg. Oh, he popped fuck his fucking bone back all in right. to his wrist. Harden it up, Jesus. Billy Horschel is soft, and I think I think the thing about Billy Horschel is it's not. 
he's not physically soft. He's mentally soft. And like this is a great example of that. You shot 41 and then you withdrew. Like, dude, post the number. Like the coolest yeah. thing in the world to do is post in the number. Yep. Like put the number on the, on the card. You know what? I shot 84 today. I played bad. I'm a competitor. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back in the saddle. I'm gonna shoot 64 the next time I tee the ball up in the next event I play in. Like, do that. Don't don't withdraw. And then give everyone all the ammo they ever need to call you. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just. But again, there's optics here. Like, if you withdraw because you're sick, don't then go and, like, scrap it up with fans on Twitter. You can't withdraw. I might just lazily say, like, you should take a nap. Or post you're the too number sick to play golf, and withdraw. Finish the round. Yeah. Or Finish don't go round. in the first place. It's a sinus infection. If it was a... If you're hurt physically and you can't, if you're going to hurt yourself more, that's fine. It's a sinus infection. You're not feeling good. A little bit grumpy. A little congested. Yeah, your body's weak. You might be like, have a fever. Like, you're not, you don't want to be, I actually, I like, if you're there. sick, don't play. Play. And then you try and tough it out and you're like, this isn't happening. But you got to so play. So fine, but like, you, you, you have those two strikes, but don't then go home, yeah. throw your feet up, order room service, <laughs> yeah. and tell everyone who's complaining about you that like, they don't get it. It's just, it's optically very dumb. Uh, we had another WD this week. Uh, Patty P, friend of the pod, Pat Perez. Uh, he and his wife welcomed a baby. So Congratulations. Patty was like, I'm out of here. Uh, that's the right reason to that's withdraw. That's the right reason to withdraw. Exactly. Um, so, exactly. So, uh, first child for them, uh, Piper Perez, born on Labor Day. Um, awesome. If you appreciate puns. <laughs> Good for that. So uh, Piper P, you have an irreverent dad, and we are we are fans of his and fans of yours. So congrats to uh, the two of them. Um, that's awesome. That's well, great. Welcome to the world. Hello, world. Okay. Actual golf uh, at the end of Saturday. I had to go through and like manually change the podgenda template from like end of Friday <laughs> to end of Saturday. That's right. It's, it's a day off. That's why, that's why we're recording at 1022. Uh, Webb is leading at 11 under. He is 20 shots clear of our DFLs. Tyrell Hatton and Justin Rose are 10 under. Tommy Fairways at 8 under. Cameron Smith and Abe Answer at 7 under. Uh, we grammed Webb. Uh, Webb Graham is now our most liked Graham, which... Team Web out there repping the pod. I like team, it. Is it Team Web or is it Team Lady Web? Could be Lady Web. Because I think it's Lady Web. It's Lady Web. It, that's got to be it. Because we, we grand I will say, actually, it was a good, was a good sorry. I grammed Web gram. during the Players' Championship, in which I thought was one of the more clever, like, photo caption combos. And same thing, like, a bajillion likes on that one. It was one where he was winning by eight. How do you not like Web And he was, like, calling his bookie. I don't know. You can't not like him. Can't not like him. Um, goals i mean the guy is hashtag goals we all recognize it i mean it's cool the guy is also hashtag reminder golf is hard um, because on moving day he <laughs> moved five strokes in the wrong direction uh he was five over he fell from solo first to 25th on a day when everyone else went low and he followed up with a three over sunday um to finish in 49th place so your player's champion can go and torch a course friday saturday uh and then be eight over sunday monday so yeah didn't expect it out of Webb. Pretty, no, pretty level I, player. And, not at and, all. I mean, I think, I mean, it just shows you like the margins on this golf course and we'll get into it in a little bit. But like it was, it was strange to see that. I mean, obviously <laughs> he's a hell of a player, but that golf course can bite you. Uh, all it takes is a couple of holes. And I think for Webb, um, just not sharp enough and you make a bunch of bogeys and all of a sudden, uh, to your point, down to 25th. It's, it's, 
the problem there is like, I mean, TPC is one of those golf courses that uh, y- you can rip it apart, but it does have enough danger out there that you can you can make big mistakes. And I think Webb. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. there was I was watching a little bit on uh, on Monday, and they had uh, it was on Golf Channel coverage, yeah. and, and Note is out there, and Note is not exactly, you know. <laughs> Bob Woodward with his uh, <laughs> topical <laughs> bringing to, uh, it down. Yeah, like he's just kind of out there, and he's generally like, "Yep, the Long pins, on, the pins on the left, it's and tough. whatever." Uh, and he's always most kinda, players exactly. If you miss it left with the pin left, it's tough up and down. Right, but that eleventh hole that we talked Thanks, about, no. it was I think two hundred thirty-eight yards, and note is like. Yeah, this one's tough today. <laughs> like this is two thirty-seven uphill. Phil Thanks. just like ripping a four iron and leaving yeah. it way short. So like you're you're exactly right about the the layout of the course. Um, but so yeah, did, Webb typically a very a very steady player. Um, so a little surprised to see him kind of struggle as he did, but uh, you know not not generally concerned about him. Uh, other people who moved in a positive direction, uh, Kyle Stanley, Gig Harbor, Washington, and Rory McIlroy went five under to get into contention. Abraham Anser went six under to take the lead. Miliano Grio was seven under to move to sixth place. And Bryson, for the second consecutive moving day, goes eight under, moves him up to second. Uh, he was paired with Tiger. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. He So, you know, he kind of dusted Tiger, uh, put on a clinic, obviously going eight under, a big deal. I think the bigger story is the odd, random, unexpected, out of nowhere bromance uh, between Tiger. And I don't Bryson. think it's out of nowhere. They, well, they have. I mean, there, there are some similarities there. Yeah, of they're very similar. Guys. Superstar, amateur slash collegiate player had both. big expectations. Both, and we love Bryson. Bryson likes our shit on Instagram. We love him, but he's a different cat. Yep. As is as is Tiger. Uh, so I, I guess not that surprising when you think about it, but I'd never heard at any point t- up till now of these two having anything resembling a relationship. I think I think a lot of it comes down to uh, Bryson's reverence for the game. Uh, obviously, idolized Tiger Woods. He's been uh, very clear about that as a kid growing up. Tiger was his hero. But then also, I think both of them, I mean, Tiger's foundation is a science and technology foundation. Bryson has obviously been very, very clear about his love for technology and science and bringing that to the game. So Tiger, in a way, does the same thing with his charity. Uh, I think both of them kind of come from this more cerebral view of golf and, and how they can sort of apply their methodology to the game in a way that gives them a bit of an advantage. And I think Honestly, I think they're just both kind of geeking out a little bit over each other and and had a blast. I thought that was really cool. And I think they can build on that. I mean, Tiger has always tried to hide a little bit of that from from the world because he tried to be, you know, Mr. Macho golf guy. But deep down, he's like the Stanford dude, like a bit of a nerd. And I think if he embraced that, I think pe- people love that about Tiger. He's just always kind of been a little bit different. Um, he's not he's not, you know, Dustin Johnson, right? He's not the jock, even though he he had to play that role. And I think Bryson um, obviously is, is that person is allowed to kind of be that person. I think Tiger is fascinated by the way that, that Bryson approaches the game. Yeah, but Tiger's so different. Yeah. So whatever we, we throw these golfers we've never met on the therapist couch here. Like Bryson is extremely accessible. That's why people like him, but it's also part of why uh, people were at, at early points in his career kind of frustrated with him because the way he, explained everything and people didn't like the delivery um you could argue if he just kind of said nothing and someone said gosh what you do is so weird he'd be like yeah it works for me though 
right? No one would get on his case about that. Well, so anyway, Tiger, the, the, the friends that Tiger has had are people like Steve Stricker who say nothing and are never on camera. And there was kind of a relatability in that they just went and played, then they went and practiced, and they kind of went and like lived whatever lives they lived within the resort that they stayed in for those five days, and then they flew somewhere else. And that's who Tiger ran with. I would have expected, frankly, Bryson to be more on the more friends with like Jordan Spieth or someone who is like well, also emotive and like tinkers again, a lot and is, is accessible about their struggles and stuff. So anyway, this just surprised me personality. But Tiger wise. wasn't Tiger wasn't the popular player on tour, right? Like uh, he couldn't be because of who he was. And I think I think both players are massively un- misunderstood unless you get to know them. And I think I, I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of that going on where it's like, you know, <laughs> we have to be these people on television. We have, to, we have these these reputations that precede us. Right. And 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 but but behind all that, behind the curtain, when you actually get to meet the guy, they turn out to be quite different than you think they are. And I think maybe Bryson and Tiger have a lot, a lot of stuff in common and kind of hit it off on a level that's different than your your normal PGA Tour player. Right. That just sort of out there bashing the ball around. I think Tiger and, and Bryson can align on some things and that was cool to watch. I mean, it was really cool to see that and I think, I don't know, the tour could use a lot more of uh, being a little bit more relatable and learning more about the players themselves versus the sort of cookie cutter, you know, I live in Jupiter. Well, and that's a big part of why we go on you know, talk about, you know, yeah, yeah, my yeah. time at the, Auburn. The, the, you know the, what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. The, and that, that accessibility is a big part of why, you know, a couple months ago, whenever it was, like I'm into Bryce and I want him off the hardest squad because I think he's just he's a guy who just answers questions that are asked of him, and some people don't love that. And you know, once upon a time, everyone thought Jordan Spieth was kind of like a crybaby because he'd he'd kind of answer questions yeah. like, "This is the one thing in my head I didn't want to do, and I did it, and like I'm an idiot, and blah blah blah." And for some time, you know, Phil was the guy who like you know was too preachy. You know, he used fig jam because he was trying to explain that hey, the way that you are being taught to hit your your wedges and your chip shots and your approach shots is wrong you need to do it this way and something that was actually well intended was interpreted as smug or whatever right. i just you know tiger was always sort of silent and right. uh was just, had to be was just an athlete right. who looked you could give them you know a bag of like fisher price clubs and you go win um so anyway i'm anyway whatever we're, we're sort of way overextending our <laughs> our ability to judge people here i just would not have guessed if you were to say 25 people who are going to be friends with Bryson DeChambeau on the tour. Tiger wouldn't have made that list. I would have thought of a handful of different people. But it seems like they have a lot of respect for one another. We talk about what these teams are going to look like in Paris. You know, yeah, these two get along. Uh, you know, it's Bryson's first time over there. It's going to be a weird atmosphere. You know, throw Do we see two a pairing? Oh, yeah. I, I think this stuff is real. I mean, when they did the, you know, when Phil yelled at Tom Watson, whatever, they made this committee to solve it. And, and Phil was this huge believer of, of the pod system. <laughs> We had these groups, and it was like we just we know how to play with one another, and and you yeah. see it like Spieth and Reed just play well together. Don't know why they do. Uh, Keegan Bradley and Phil Mickelson played together really, really well for some weird reason. Like their games are not all that complimentary one another. They just like it just worked though. Uh, these two are happy. They want to go. They want to go brawl. Like throw them out there. Let's I love do it. it. I love it too. All right, Sunday. Uh, Phil at nine birdies as mentioned. Uh, jumped to twelve. A lot of fun to watch. He. Uh, he he could have had more. Honestly, he left some stuff out mm-hmm. there. He he played really really well. I I do not like to give and will not give too much credit to the Rory McIlroy patent pending Sunday backdoor sixty four <laughs> to get a top ten. Having said that, 
when someone goes and puts nine birdies up, uh, that's notable and, and certainly encouraging. Uh, he jumped to 12th, finished there. DJ, another huge Sunday, um, seven under. He finished in seventh place. Hideki, six under. Hideki's kind of sl- like sneaky mm-hmm. moving up the charts here. He's probably, you know, it, it looked at the start of this that he would not make it to to Georgia. Uh, looks now like he will, um, so good for him. CT Pan, five under, fourth place. Big bump in the rankings. Uh, he was kind of on the guillotine there and has made it through, so he will play another week. Uh, I mentioned all this because Sunday did not have a ton of drama. Bryson, it was a little bit like last week where Bryson had a three or four shot lead the entire time. Justin Rose, Cameron Smith were kind of there sniffing around. They were never going to catch him. We talk about this with Rose a lot, and yeah. like it comes out as a knock. It, it's really not intended to be, but I, I can't recall a time ever that Justin Rose has just like ruined a course on Sunday and come back not even just a win, but just like in the way that tiger kind of ruined bell reeve on Sunday. Um, but just didn't do, you know, enough to, it just wasn't enough. It was never yeah, going to happen. Rose, Rose just sort of shoots 68, 68, 67, 68 and either wins or, you know, is within yeah, three Rose, or whatever. So anyway, watching him play, playing well, good for him, especially after he got cut last week, but was never like a real threat to to Bryson's winning this event. Right. Ro- Rose reminds me a little bit of like we talked about last week. We talked about picks, right? And and I was talking about robot guys, right? Like so, so Justin Thomas is my robot guy at the top echelon, but Rose is, is a close second behind that, right? Like he, he doesn't win golf tournaments with explosive performance. He wins golf tournaments by shooting, you know, 67 four times in a row, right? He just He just wears people down. And doesn't make mistakes. So I uh, totally agree with you there. I think Rose did what Rose does. Um, you know, he, he stayed in it, was competitive, but just doesn't. He doesn't have the explosive performance, which is weird when you look at his game. I mean, he hits the ball a long way, and uh, he can certainly make a lot of birdies. But his game kind of leans more toward uh, slow and st- slow and steady, uh, which which has certainly served him well, but uh, didn't didn't uh, pull it over the line this week. No, um, but he had he had had a back injury. He withdrew from an event or two. Uh, obviously, missed the cut last week in New York. And y- you know, it is it is uncouth to look at your opponent and you know hope they miss putts and whatever. But ultimately, like the Ryder right. Cup is a competition, and a part of me it was, is indeed was watching you know Justin Rose and curious if he was kind of hitting the skids a little bit. That wouldn't be the worst thing for us. Uh, looks like that fear uh, or hope, sadly, is is not to be. Um, Tony Finau finished in fourth. Uh, we touched on him a little earlier, obviously. Um, another good week out of him. It's it's just very obvious that he's going to be the fourth guy. Um, a, a perfect player. Just so a couple things. I think just as a in a team event, Finau does a lot uh, with his length and with his ability to hit irons. Uh, he's a birdie machine. Um, in a team event, you can kind of bury some of his shortcomings, which are the blow up hole, you know, the the double or triple that's bound to happen once per tournament with him. Uh, but talking of someone, you know, again, the, my knock on him, and I think one that was shared was doesn't win, hasn't won. He's won one event. He won in Puerto Rico. Who cares? Uh, you know, how is he going to do with this pressure? Went to New York, went to Boston. Everyone's looking at him. You know, all right, man, you got to go do something and make the team put up a, put up uh, top fives in both event, events and have, has done everything that you could have asked him to do realistically to nail a spot down. Now, if you're yeah. going to make him sweat it out a bit, I, I would... Uh, bet everything in my wallet that Jim Furyk called him and said, you're on the team. Go play. Go do your thing in Philly. Don't worry about it. I just have to do this in this order because of how well Bryson has played and how obvious it is I'm going to pick Tiger and Phil. 
So he's answered the call. He's answered all of my, you know, concerns about his ability to go and add value to the team. Um, but so fourth place this week, uh, I think it's his ninth top 10 of the year. I mean, the guy has been 10th top 10. Ten, okay. Like he's been incredible. And well, it's great. I mean, like you think about it, like he's had 10 top 10s, but he's been second three times this year. Um, so, <laughs> you know. He was second at the Safeway, tied for second at the Genesis, and then the Northern Trust. He was second. So I mean, like, and he had a great performance at Augusta. I mean, like, he he is. Um, I mean, barring a victory, I mean, well, he did win this year, right? One time. No, sorry. So so three seconds. You could mark this as sort of a almost breakthrough year for Tony Finau, and I think I think from a team perspective, he there's absolutely in the FedEx Cup. I yeah, mean, I mean, like, like he's 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 consistently good and and sort of knocking at the door, and I think. I I think Finau's an explosive player. Um, maybe just that one victory away this year from punching through. We saw what we saw it happen with. I mean, look, we, we are talking about Bryson DeChambeau, a guy who's had uh, a worse year. If you look at if you up until two weeks ago was not was sort of flipped with with Finau or, or sort of on the bubble with him. Um, so I agree. I think I think Finau should get that pick and I, I expect him to. Um, but yeah, we'll kind see. Of, kind of a similar arc to, to Kepka too, in that like wasn't winning anything. Remember, Kepka was on the team two years ago. Yeah. Like wasn't winning anything, but had a good year and had all of the, you know, the kind of the, the, the Madden FIFA scores, like, you know, 95 distant, like, like had all the skills and, and requisite uh, features and characteristics to add value, but just like wasn't winning events. Right, but then you throw him in there uh, with the right partner, um, with someone he's comfortable with. Yeah, uh, he's done everything and more. Frankly, uh, I think you know, having just one top five or or two top twenties would have done enough to to kind of calm me and, and convince me that he belongs. Uh, similar to Deshambo, obviously not quite on the level of Deshambo, but I expect him to go and get points, and and I have no concerns whatsoever about throwing him out there. And when we do like a grand Ryder Cup preview. You know, Ricky Fowler's down there in 27th. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. You know, uh, Jordan Spieth, like, needed a good week in Boston to even crack the top 30. Like, right. there are players on this team that Patrick Reed hasn't done shit since April. Like, right. the people that have automatically qualified are not playing anywhere near the level of the four captains picks, probably. No, I agree. And and so something to get into. So anyway, Finau, good week out of him and, and would be shocked if, if he's not to pick next week. Uh, but as mentioned, Bryson wins number two, uh, second win in a row, number two of these playoffs, number three of the year, number four of his career. Uh, he gets another $1.62 million, uh, matching what he got last week. So productive nine days here. <laughs> he increases his lead as number one in the FedEx Cup standings. He'll be number one at Eat Slake regardless of what he does. Um, someone asked me, is he should he not play this week? I'm not sure you see the value. He's a young guy. He's, you know... God is like, I need to be, you know, clock perfect in the way I, the way that I move. I don't know. I mean, there's some value to maybe rest up, go no. play East Lake, and then, well, there'd be a two-week break, and then you'd play East Lake, and then you'd play the Ryder Cup. I think there's some well, merit to it. I yeah. want Tiger to rest. No, I, th- I, I, I hope Tiger misses the cut so that he can rest and not go to East Lake because he's clearly fatigued. I want everyone ready to go. Like, Yeah, but I think I mean, we talked about this with Tiger early in the season. We talked about getting reps, right? Like playing competitive golf at that level keeps you sharp, I think. I don't know. It, it is a grind at the playoffs. I mean, it's it's four weeks in a row of elite tier golf grinding it out. But I think well, they get a week off. It's usually this week, isn't it? Because week off of before? the Ryder Cup, it is now next week. Got it. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I'm always sort of hesitant to say that guys should should sit out. Uh, I think that competition gets you, makes you better, right? I, I don't know that Bryson DeChambeau, especially his his game, like just the uniqueness, uh, his approach to the golf swing. I don't think he's going to get tired. I think staying competitive is important, and I think I don't know. I, I think resting uh, leads to distraction and maybe. I don't know, maybe, maybe sort of losing a bit of that edge. Whatever he's got going for him is, is working really well. There's no True. indication that that's going to that's gonna cease next week or sorry, week after next. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, look, I, I think Bryson DeChambeau. No indication, by the way, that he's considering doing this. Just something that came to mind. I mean, <laughs> right. uh, Molinari did not play last week. Uh, Rory did not play week one. Stenson did not play so week one. So how does it one. work if the, with the points? So... If you're safe, you can just fuck off and not play. So does it just reset? I mean, there's no... No, he's just like he... No one can catch... So Dustin Johnson is like 2,400 points behind him. But if he finishes like third, will that put the tour championship... Like, will it lock it up for him? Or no, does it... No, we. So if you are If you are in the... No. So there are, there are proposals that would change it so that you would effectively start with a like two-stroke lead or something so that winning the tour championship means that you win the FedEx Cup, which I think is probably a necessary change. But that's change. not how it is. Not how it is. But if you're in the top five... So the points five, still matter. Yes. So it, why would he, then why would he skip? Because if you're in the top five of the FedEx Cup standings and you go to Eastlake, you go to the Tour Championship, and you win, you win the FedEx Cup, period. So you're in fifth place, you're in first place, it doesn't matter. So he'll be in first place at Eastlake regardless got it so the cascading the thing that matters is so if he, he wins next week it doesn't matter if he still is in first place the fifth place guy if he wins yep and if will. he shoots 350 and comes in dfl by 200 uh doesn't matter he will be so in there first really place is no other than winning well the value is that he, he can right i mean there's right. no there's no point to him playing next week Abs- there's absolutely nothing to be gained by playing next week because then as first place he gets he's entitled to finish like as low as eighth so long as the second place person doesn't finish and there's a whole like system and structure it's very confusing but um yeah i mean there's there's legitimately zero benefit to bryson playing this week none Got other it. than staying sharp but then he gets a week off anyway so whatever and again like that's part of why this is a confusing system and and i get that um, I'm just of the mindset and I was talking to someone about, you know, I want Tiger to rest because I want Tiger to play well in Paris and Tiger's had fatigue issues earlier in the year yeah, and no they seem don't overreact, but like seem to be a problem now, um, or at least have the potential to be a problem. Uh, he's not going to win the thing. He doesn't need the money. So like fucking go rest and go recover and, and do your thing. So anyway, fair enough. Fair enough. Hard to check. Well, congrats, Bryson. Um, friend of the pod. By the way, number four win of his career. Tied with Ricky Fowler. <laughs> um, 24 years old. I mean, he's the guy. The kid is doing. Are we surprised with his breakthrough this year? I mean, honestly, like, I, mean, I think Bryson is, he's a lot of things to a lot of players. You and I were talking before the pod about just his unorthodox approach to the golf swing. But that being said, like despite all of that, are we really surprised with his success given, you know, him being, you know, the guy knocking knocking in the door so much earlier this year? Uh yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think you have to win 5 times in a career is good. Right? Like it's yeah. it's quite good. And 
I think the thing with Bryson was he does it differently, so he got a lot of attention. Um, but he didn't do anything that was exceptional, right? Um, and I think people thought it could be, it could be fun, it could be interesting. He had some stuff to figure out. Isn't he novel? Isn't he different? But I, I don't think anyone ever thought that he would get up to. I, I think he's number seven in the world now. He's ranked ahead of Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy now. Yeah. I, I mean, this has happened very, very quickly. Uh, I mean, I personally am very surprised. I think about like, what was his career going to be like? Um, Brant Snedeker has got nine wins, you know, uh, Retief Goosen's got seven. Kucher's got seven. Like mm-hmm. I thought it would be something like that where good player in the discussion was, you know, uh, a, a value add to national teams and stuff. But I just never looked at him and thought that guy has a ceiling that Spieth or JT or Dustin Johnson has. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I could see DeChambeau winning one of the next two majors and being in the top three in the world at some point. I could see him having a better career than John Rahm. Like there are things that I never thought I would say six months ago that I feel this, very comfortable saying now. This has kind of been the like year. he might be better than Rahm. Like I can't believe we're saying that. Hasn't this been the year of that sort of like I mean like <laughs> if you think about when we started this pod uh, two years ago, right? <laughs> And the and the delta between the you know the, the elite staff of the tour back then and and what it is now and how it's changed shape I think is incredible. I mean I think I mean look at a Kepka right Kepka proving the critics wrong um, somehow only shows up in majors but <laughs> I guess that's all you have to do if you're Kepka and and now with uh, with Deshambo who was a guy that we we were sort of pumping this year on the pod um, but didn't break through until the playoffs. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to look at a guy like, it's hard to look at a guy like DeChambeau and not see all of the off the course negativity that uh, sort of his antics have, have caused. Um, but when you do look at the, the competitiveness and how he approaches the game, it's hard to not see the same type of attitude that like a, a Justin Thomas uh, exudes, right? Somebody who's, who's driven by the drive to win tournaments. He's committed. He is. I mean, for better or for worse, whether he cries on the range and walks off or, or not, he is committed to winning golf tournaments. He's not in this for the money. He's not in it for the fame. He's in it to win golf tournaments and uh, put his name on the same trophies that his idols were on. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I think that we talked a lot about this year, breakthrough events, guys who have sort of tipped the scale a little bit, and maybe that changes their trajectory uh, with their career. I think we could be looking at the, uh, you know, the next... The next wave of elite tour players, obviously in Kepka and maybe in Deshambo. These are playoff events; they're not majors. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to look ahead to Augusta and not think uh, Deshambo is going to top your list. Yeah, I, there's just something about. I mean, golf. This game has been going on for has been being played for a long, long, long time. And I think when someone comes along and says, "I'm doing everything differently," uh, it's met with kind of a natural skepticism and uh, I think a lot of people you know SMU as good as a program as it is it is not Oklahoma State it is not UCLA it is not Florida it is not LSU it is not Alabama like it was like all right who's this guy that does things really oddly and is and is using clubs that no one else has used and okay it might have worked there right it might have worked in college but I just don't think it's going to work 
when it's him and Dustin Johnson standing on an 18th tee and Dustin Johnson goes, all right, bro, like you, I, I am just more talented, more gifted than you. Game's changing a little bit, though. I mean, you think about uh, the, the way in which swings are becoming uh, less, uh, you know, you talk often of like the Ledbetter approach, blah, blah, blah. I mean, someone yeah. like Ricky Fowler, the very weird swing, you know, uh, uh, Matthew Wolf. Jordan Spieth. Well, well, good swing, but like you know, that kid, no, Matt Wolf at Oklahoma State, he's like, he's on like the George Kankis like swing coach thing where he's like, he literally like, hitches his hips out in the middle of the swing and it's wild, but he is ruining everyone yeah. in his college events. And I don't know. I mean, there's, there hasn't been Neiman. a Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't, I, let, like, I don't want to get too carried away, but like there may be a like money ballification of this game where this, you know, uh, you must swing exactly the way that yeah. Justin Rose swings. And Adam if you Scott. don't, yeah. you will yeah. suck. No longer applies where it says, look, Take your unique body type and whatever makes you comfortable and whatever position you feel most balanced in and build around that. Yeah, we're going back to the 80s to the 90s. I mean, yeah. That's when, I mean, all those guys put the same numbers up when the same tournaments, right? And it's about can you beat the guys on the golf course with you? And I think, I don't know, it gives you hope. Uh, you know, you don't have, it's, it's, it's cool to see him. I think Bubba Watson is another guy, right? Yeah. Like self-taught, right? Or, or his dad was his coach. Um you don't have to be the perfect golf swing. What you have to do is um, do what he did. Shambo, 14 of 18 greens on the 18th, uh, or sorry, the, the, the final round, right? That is consistent golf. I don't care how you do it, Yep. <laughs> but that's what you got to do. That's and it. And it's working for him. Simple game when you do that. All right, uh, Hardo check. J.B. Holmes came in 49th place. Uh, hate to see it to such a good guy who is in the top 10 <laughs> after 36 holes. Uh, he is done for the year, uh, J.B. Holmes. Don't want to hit you on the way out. Ian Poulter missed the cut. Bubba Watson came in seventh. Uh, Patrick Reed, 35th. And Billy Horschel, as mentioned, withdrew. Uh, we're saying farewell to J.B. Holmes. We're also saying farewell to Jimmy Walker, Matt Kuchar, Charlie Hoffman, Kevin Chappell, Satoshi Kodaira, Johnny Vegas, Russell Henley, Danny Lee, Honor Bonlahiri, and Jason Duffner. Um, good year. See you in the spring. Congrats to Peter Uline, speaking of Oklahoma State, uh, Bryce Garnett, Abraham Answer, Tyrell Hatton, who continues to shoot his way up, and C.T. Span. They all made big jumps qualify uh live to fight another day in philly grades matt c this is a close one this is the closest one we've ever had <laughs> i get a c i almost just gave us both b minuses but like on the decimal you're gonna win but just for simplification c plus for me tiger woods 24th jb holmes 49th uh mike gets a b minus justin thomas dramatically eagles 70 uh the 72nd <laughs> hole put some like five iron from 220 out of the rough uh to like two feet on on the 72nd so he finishes in 24th, which means the tiebreaker is your DFL pick. Jimmy Walker finishes lower than J.B. Holmes. He finishes in 71st place. So you get the win. Uh, we have doubled the value of a playoff event. So you are now within four. I am Dormy two. So I just gotta, I just gotta shut this thing down. I'm gonna do it this week. But uh, <laughs> you live to fight another day as well. Making a comeback. Making a comeback. Uh, event grades. Did we enjoy the tournament? Out of two. Um, uh, 1.5. I think this event, uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a home, home turf event. I, I, I like the golf course. I think it's just not, it just doesn't really add up. And this is probably part of like the, the playoff sort of slump that I get into this time of year. Like we're, we're I'm all I care about is the Ryder cup, right? Like this is a, it's a fun event, really cool ending. Uh, but I'm trying to segregate, you know, the, the, the champion that we had this week from, the overall view of the event. I don't think it really adds up. It's not something I'm going to remember. Um, one five. 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like one three, it was fine. Uh, nothing particularly memorable happened. Um, it's it sort of has served its purpose. Yeah. As, as this is like its kind of send off, it has served its purpose as an opportunity to get the tour to to New, to New England to Boston. Um, and for people to see their favorite players and for a lot of the firms that, you know, are, are valuable and, and part of the business community in Boston to like send some people there and let them go sit in a tent and hang out like State Street and Fidelity, whatever. Like, yeah. And it's just sort of like it, this. This has never been a dramatic event no, ever. ever. And that is part of the problem with the FedEx Cup. Like it just it doesn't matter the price in Shamba one other than it, the only reason this event mattered in my mind was to Cup. nail down the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like it was fine. Um, well, it's to your point. If this was not a Ryder Cup year for the reasons you just said outside of the million dollars or million five that he won, it doesn't matter. He's still in first place. He could skip next week. That doesn't matter. Yep. The playoffs are still broken. Um, and, you know, meh. Yeah. And he could have taken a nine on the 72nd hole. Right. would have been like, oh, what a shame. He's still in first. Right. So, you know, uh, this is not this event's fault that that is the case. But, uh, you know, we're, we're an objective society yeah. here and that's what we do. Uh, did we like the players involved out of two? Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, I don't know, 1.7, 6, 1.6. Good, uh, good, good field. I mean, there's always a good field that this, this ranking particularly gets a little bit stale uh, this time of year just because of how good the field is. But, um. I feel like I explained to you this part all the time. It is not the field. It is like on Sunday, who is in no, contention and did you right? But my point is like it's so hard. the inputs help inform that. But like it doesn't matter that this is the top hundred. What matters is that DeChambeau, Rose, Smith, CT Pan, and Hideki were there. Right, but of those guys, right, they're all great players. It was a lot of drama ish. But because Bryson never really was in jeopardy, I can't sep- I can't separate the the lack of drama from those players involved. Of course there were good players involved because there's only good players in this event. All right. We this can we the, can rework ratings next year, yeah. Well, no, but it's 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 not it's it, the the fact that the field is only the best players in the world left. Uh it just doesn't really it's hard it's hard to separate this Matt. Like honestly, it, it, how how can you separate the field? The the fact that this is the strongest field, one of the strongest fields of the year from whoever's left. Well, my answer to this is did I like the players involved? I like Jashambo and I like seeing him in the arena. So like that part of it. Good to see Rose back in it. I really like Cameron Smith. I like his game and I appreciate getting to watch him play. I don't care about CT Pan and I'm happy to see Hideki playing well. I like watching the guy play and just pound, you know, space NASA three woods. So did we like the players involved? I give this a pretty good grade. I'll give it 1.6. Um, I got to see plenty of Phil as well. So I was happy. Um, but in general, I would say if it was like, Abraham answer versus CT span, you know, going to a playoff, I wouldn't give a shit. Um, I much prefer to watch, you know, big names who, who entertain me and who take risks and, and provide some sort of, of interesting angle. That's just me though. Was there drama out of one? I'll go quick on this. Uh, point four. No, there wasn't. Um, it's, you know, <laughs> Bryson's tournament to win. We know it's going to be on the Ryder cup. There just wasn't a lot. Uh, same thing. Uh, Point three. I mean, thing was done deal from from the go. Yep. Did we like the outcome out of one? Uh, I'm giving a one. I was cheering for for Bryce, and once it became clear that it was either him or Rose uh, or or Smith. Um, I, I do like Smith, and I think we'll, we'll Smith is one of those players who, you know, Australian guy. Like him a lot. Uh, I feel like he's a cool character. Um, unfortunately, because he's from Australia, it'll be a Presence Cup situation with him, and and his star will always sort of be somewhat muted because of that. 
Um, but I, I enjoy him and, and would look for him in the future to, to do better. So I was cheering for him, but you know, gotta love Bryson. I'm, I'm happy with the, the arc that he's on. Uh, totally agree. Uh, one for me, it's Bryson. I mean, like what a cool story. Back to back wins in the playoffs, uh, <laughs> locks the Ryder cup pick and is, I don't know, the favorite for next week, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Will we talk about this tournament again out of one? Uh, this is doing a, a Phil Rory thing where it's going to backdoor a pretty good grade. Uh, I'll give it a one because we will talk about this tournament again. Uh, this is uh, this is well and truly Bryson's coming out party. Uh, this guy's a star. He's a top 10 player in the world. He's going to get points in Paris. Uh, expectations are going to be high for him at majors next year right out of the gate. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to look to him to to do a lot. So uh, and especially now that this tournament is going to become a biannual thing. Um, you know, it'll be remembered kind of in its in its specificity. So, yes, one out of one. We'll talk about this tournament again. Totally agree. Give it a one for all the same reasons. 10.7 out of 14. Pretty good grade. Um, ahead of the Wells Fargo and behind the Open Championship. Wells Fargo. Can you remember anything about the Wells Fargo? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't either. I feel like it was a good event, though. I'm sure it was. I'm sure. It was. I mean, it was a 10.5. It was obviously... <laughs> Something went right. Okay. We move on to Stupid Golf IQ. Everyone's favorite. September 4th, 2018. Bryson wins again. Furyk made some easy picks. Enjoy Philly, Reed. <laughs> They're going to kill him. They are going to murder him. It's amazing a guy could win the, ma- win the Masters and just see their popularity like plummet. Are you surprised? I thought this would give, I thought him winning the Masters would give him, uh, it would be a rebirth of sorts. People would appreciate all that he does for Team USA. People would appreciate the like, I don't give a fuck attitude, like, and appreciate that he's actually like a legit superstar player now. He's a major champion. He's a Masters champion. He's going to be around forever. Let's just embrace it. And he's turned into like an even bigger prick than normal. And uh, he always was that. I know, but like it's just more than ever. And he did it like the jingling the keys thing and like mm-hmm. this and just like it has become. I remember like they were doing one time during the NBA draft, they were doing some, you know, character assessment of somebody. And they're like, oh, well, the hope is that this guy is going to, you know, mature now that he's a professional. And someone looked in the camera and goes, money makes you more of whatever you were. <laughs> so if you're a dipshit. Yep. And I give you $10 million. Be more of a dipshit. And if you're a charitable person who always thinks of others, you're going to just do more of that. Like, that's totally how agree. you're going to be. And, and I guess that's exactly true with, with Reed. He just, you know, more, more fame, more money. Can kind of more of a prick. What are you going to do? Mm. But we're going to love him. We're going to love him in three weeks here. Okay. We move on to the BMW Championship. Uh, time to stomp Mike. This course, uh, this event, it kind of bounces around. It's been in Chicago. It's been in Denver. It's, you know, kind of kicks around. It's in Conway Farms last year. Uh, it is at Aronimink Golf Club in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania, the home of my freshman year roommate, <laughs> Blake, wherever you're at. We had good times playing Tony Hawk. Um, What's up, Blake? What up, Blake? I guarantee Blake does not listen. Stump Mike. Uh, <laughs> the last time, uh, the PJ has not stopped here since 2011. Stump Mike. Who won in 2011? Oof, I have no idea. Um, Hunter Mahan. Decent guess, and props to Hunter for getting his tour card back this week on web.com. Tip of the cap. Uh, we missed you. We asked about you, I think, a couple weeks ago. We were watching 2010 Ryder Cup on <laughs> we the were. TV. We we're, were like, what the hell happened to him? Well, he's back on tour. Uh, Nick Watney. Ah. Uh, Nick Watney. 
your 2011 winner of the AT&T National. Uh, Justin Rose won the year before. Uh, but this has been off the circuit for a little bit, so good to have it back. Um, Mark Leishman, the defending champ of the BMW Championship, he killed everybody last year. Remember, he was on that weird run. Yeah. Seems like everyone does one. Someone goes on a run. It's Horschel. It's true. It's Ryan Moore. It's uh, you know last year was Leishman. This year it's it's Bryson. Um, Leishman was killing everyone last year. Beat Ricky by five shots. Um, speaking of Ricky, he'll be back in the field this week after taking a couple of weeks off to take care of his oblique. Uh, Molinari, as mentioned, took last week off, but he'll be back. Uh, Arana Mink is a par seventy. It is seventy two hundred and thirty seven yards. Uh, I don't know a ton about it. I don't know anyone yeah. who has played it. You may, um, being that it's the home course of I have your played alma mater. It. Oh, you have? Well, I played the front nine. So, okay. Ronamink is the home course of the Villanova Wildcats golf team. And uh, I went to Villanova. I did, not, uh, <laughs> I did not play for the golf team. It was not good enough. But uh, I had a lot of pals that were on that team. And uh, I, I was <laughs> able to... Uh, they snuck me out there one time we played. Uh, we ended up finishing, I think maybe 10 holes we played and um, finished under like the, the stars. It was like dark out basically. But what I do remember of the golf course is it's very old school, uh, tight golf course, long, tough par fours. And uh, the rough, at least when I was playing it, uh, was pretty, pretty steep. So I think it's very similar to Marion in a lot of ways, which is another golf course, a U.S. Open track, uh, not too far away. I think it's like eight, 10 miles away from Marion. Um, and, just a traditional Which you've also played right? i have not played marion oh. i've not played marion um but it's a traditional old school philadelphia golf course which is actually quite similar to uh some of the golf we have up here in new england yeah um but uh it's it's a great track the the golf course is classic it's very old um and so you do have a lot of that sort of small postage stamp style greens with big uh, severe penalties if you hit it over or to the sides good bunkering um and just it's a shot makers golf course so it should be fun. There's a reason why they don't play it a ton. I think the modern tour players, um, just just their game <laughs> can tear it up. But if they keep the rough up, it will be a uh, it'll be a, a test. Yeah, and 7,200 yards for a par 70, no joke. It's this, a deep, uh, yeah, Some of the deep. reading I did on the course, um, the the no easy threes basically. Uh, yeah. The the par threes are kind of the the hallmark. I think there are four. Uh, three of them are over 210 yards. Um, it's just a tricky situation for guys to get around. Uh, this event, the third event, obviously the field is cut to 30 after this. So this one is of true consequence. Hardo check. JB Holmes, as mentioned, is out. The others remain Bubba Watson, Billy Horschel, Patrick Reed, and Ian Poulter. Uh, I'm taking DJ. Uh, DJ has put together two ridiculous Sundays in a row um, to kind of backdoor his top tens here, but obviously showing, you know, whatever it is that's that's appealing to him either there's no pressure or uh, he really feels the pressure of losing his number one spot, you know, to, to Kepka, who's been up his ass for a couple weeks here. I don't know what it is, but he had, uh, he played seven under uh, a final round, seven under at the Dell. I think he had a final round, like six under uh, the week before in New York. He, you know, uh, we, we kind of talk about it. He, he kind of ebbs and flows and, and when he turns it on, there's no one who can hang with him. Uh, when you think about a guy who has every single shot and who can, you know, hit postage stamp greens with wedges while other people mm -hmm. are hitting five iron, uh, it's DJ. So uh, DJ, this course, I think, in all the ways that it is challenging, in all the ways that he is you know, going to hit just a, one club less into these long par threes, yeah. uh, really removes the really removes the blow-up option for him. Uh, I expect a strong week out of him. I think he'll win. 
I'm going to go with Justin Rose. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier tonight that I think that he's a robot. I mean, he has the ability to sort of just maintain low numbers, not nothing crazy. I know he's coming back uh, from <laughs> not, not some great golf. Obviously, he has that miscut, but I think I think he's you know he, he played well last week. I think he's got the ability to keep the ball in play and make birdies. It's a uh, it's a golf course that'll shape up well for him. He's a ball striker uh, and a decent enough putter. I think he can make a lot of birdies out there. Second time out of three weeks you've taken Rose. Um, I I I can't knock it. He <laughs> should have well, taken him last week. You should have. He uh he well he missed the cut the last time you took him. Uh, but your your mention of of Philly and these types of courses uh, more generally, he won the U.S. Open at Marion, obviously, which is a similar enough yeah. course. Uh, and you know his precision with long irons. I remember I think that's where the the quote that that you and I laugh at of you know how yeah. far do you hit your four iron like two hundred twelve yards and like oh you know. So a range, he was like, no, 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 it goes yeah. to 212. Um, that precision, <laughs> you know, suits him very well. And obviously coming off a strong week, uh, we'll never knock a Justin Rose pick. Uh, a DFL pick pains me to do it. I took Zach Johnson to one time, uh, the PGA pro who qualified for the PGA championship. You took the real Zach Johnson, uh, World Golf Hall of Famer to be for DFL one time. And I laughed at you, uh, but I'm doing it now. So D- ZJ was announced a vice captain today, along with David Duvall and Matt Kuchar. I think putting to bed any outside chance of Matt Kuchar getting on this Ryder cup team, obviously by definition, he cannot do both. Um, he is, I think in like 58th place in the FedEx cup standings or something. Um, so he's probably not going to get to East Lake. We just said he's not making the Ryder Cup. So I don't know how much he really has to play for. Uh, and on a course where, yes, ZJ, uh, as fine an iron player as there is, uh, but someone who's going to be, you know, trying to absolutely crush three iron onto all these yeah. posted stamps. I just don't see it going well for him. So, uh, ZJ, you've had a good year, um, but you're going to come in DFL. But the good news is that's okay because you can watch college football, NFL <laughs> football, um, like the rest of us, frankly, uh, the weekend. So uh, enjoy it. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy Philadelphia. It's a lovely city. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry you're going to come in DFL, but you are. I'm going to go with Pat Perez for DFL. Is he playing? He's playing. At least Vegas isn't playing. Um, But yeah, I I think, look, Perez is, uh, he's, you, you can't you can't not like Pat Perez, but I just don't think this golf course suits, suits his game very well. It's a it's a precision golf course. You want to be very careful and delicate uh, with your ball placement off the tee. Um, you you do have to hit it far enough. It's a long golf course, but it is very penal. It's a lot like Marion in that way. Um, but I just don't think his game suits suits this golf course well. He's not going to be able to bash it, you know, like you can't like you can at Augusta. Um, I just don't think he's going to play very well. So he is my DFL for this week. Research department is confirming that he's playing. He is. Um, he is playing. All right. Round one, 10th tee, 1236 p.m. Pat Prez, Andrew Landry, and Chesson Headley. Okay. Sneaky DFL. I'm telling you, I'm going to make my, I told you the playoffs are worth double. How are you going to do that to a new father? Playoffs are worth double. Guy had a baby like three days ago. Well, that's right. Added distractions. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's a good thing. Ruthless shit, man. Picking him. Just trying to make my uh, make some ground up here, Matt. How much are you up on me? Uh, Dormy too here. Yeah, exactly. See, I got to keep winning. Well, I'm never up on you, Dormy <laughs> anything. So you gotta, you gotta let me enjoy it. All uh, right, Patty P. Fine. I like my picks. I love my picks. <laughs> so the Dell Technologies Championships, TPC Boston is in the books. Tip of the cap to Bryson DeChambeau. 
for his back-to-back win in the playoffs. Hell of a performance from the young man. Guy's on fire. Uh, he does not need to play well this week. A couple people do, though. Inside the top 30, uh, potentially dropping out if they don't perform. Tiger, Ricky, and Spieth, they're all grouped together. Some big galleries there. Uh, Hideki's on the bubble. Gary Woodland, Brant Sedeker, Patty P, your boy. Uh, so there's a lot to watch for. This is the, obviously the final cut down of the final uh, event in Eastlake. We'll be here next week to recap it, break it all down, and, and preview a final. That's right. We'll have a full breakdown for you guys on Monday night of the BMW Championship at the home of the Villanova Wildcats down in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Aronimic Golf Club. And home of Blake. Freshman <laughs> year, man. We'll always have it, you weirdo. For the Alternate Shot Podcast, I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And we will see you guys next week.